this morning. We're back to a, to a little more lengthy psalm, so we're not going to read it through all at once. But you can notice the title there. Um, they have spoken against me with a lying tongue. That ever happened to you? They've spoken against me with a lying tongue. We're going to be talking, talking about that this morning. How do we respond when we're being spoken against with a lying tongue in an unfair manner and way as we would frame it in our humanist? Yet we know God uses it all for good. And so we'll set that up here in a second. But look, at, we're going to be looking at that aspect of that, of that this morning. But it's easy to read these Psalms and just put yourself in the, the, the position of David, you know. Oh, they're speaking against me. And, and I asked that question, have they ever spoken against you with a lying tongue and it looked like a hearty, oh yeah. But let me ask you this, have you ever spoken against someone else with a lying tongue? Well, it got real quiet in here, really, didn't it, huh? We've all done it before. And that's why we look at this, we come to the psalm and we kind of need to look at, look at it from two angles, I really believe. With, with both of them as instruction from the Lord, encouragement as well with exhortation or rebuke. That when we get spoken against, this is how we respond. And we'll see one of the main phrases, you know, David starts setting up, they're doing this. He says, but I will pray, but I'll turn to the Lord. We'll look at that godly response that God's called us to and things we want to avoid when that's happening, especially as we'll see here, it's happening from David's own tribe, from his own camp, from his own people, so to speak, who he's loved, which oftentimes just makes it even more painful and so forth. But we also want to see as David starts praying, you know, really a judgment on them. It's even more so, I believe, for us to see the fruits that come when we walk with bitterness, when we walk as slanderers, we, we join the, you know, the group of gossipers and, you know, want to be in that, uh, that fuel that's burning. But eventually with all of those movements, even the ones to get in our heart, that fuel always eventually dries out and it brings in just uh, seasons of darkness and it quenches the Holy Spirit. And so as we're going through this, we want to look at this from both of those angles and we want to be honest before the Lord that we could grow in all these things and encouragement as we'll see to seek the Lord when we're being spoken against as well as an encouragement to repent when our tongues that the Bible says are like hellfire that can easily you know what just spark a forest when that's going on with us we're reminded hey wait a minute this is not how God has called me to behave so let's start into the psalm here if you guys turn there in your bibles in your notes there to psalm 109 it says to the chief musician a psalm of David and we know David and we've been you know what looking at this the last several weeks David is called in the scriptures by God, a man after God's own heart. There in 1 Samuel 13, 14, when God told King Solomon to replace you with a man after my own heart. You know, what a glorious thing to be. Blessings abound when you're a man or a woman after God's own heart. Jesus said about a man, a woman after his own heart there in John 15, 5, I'm the vine, you're the branches. He who abides in me. 
And someone with a heart after God is seen and abiding with the Lord. They walk with the Lord. They, they, you know, they, they want to live with the Lord. They want to live a life for the Lord. He says, he abides in me and I in him. Notice, he bears much fruit. Without me, you can do nothing. What a glorious thing. And David was a man who bore much fruit in his life. And then look at 2 Chronicles 16, 9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him. And you see that in David's life. The Lord continuing, you know, throughout it to show himself strong on David's behalf. Not to the glory of David, but to the glory of God. We see it early on in his life. We see it, you know, when he's in the wilderness and Saul is seeking him. We see it as king. We even see in those seasons when he gets his eyes off the Lord, the Lord shows himself strong to David and quickly chastening him and getting his attention and bringing him back to that place of walking in the light with the Lord. Oh, Lord, let that be us. Let us be found a people after the heart of God. Can we say amen to that? And listen, I throw that out there just to, to you know, bring encouragement, a reminder that it's good to walk with the Lord. The blessings abound. The, the benefits are loaded upon us daily as we read in the Psalms. It is the place of life. It is the place of abundant life. But hear this this morning. We need to be aware of this. We need to know this this morning because... I think a lot of people, they hear of the blessings and they even experience the blessings, but then when the oppositions come in and the challenges come in and the testing of the faith comes in, they begin to shrink back and say, hey, wait a minute, I didn't sign up for this. And if Jesus is your Lord, you signed up for it. You signed up at times people speaking against you with a lying tongue. You signed up for trials and tribulations and persecutions and backstabbings at time. You need to know that. And we also need to know that God will work it all for good and see us through. Listen, beware, a true follower of Jesus will always experience similar opposition that Jesus experienced Now, praise God, listen, oftentimes it's seasonal and it comes with waves and so forth. A wave crashes in and, you know, then then there's a reprieve and so forth. And sometimes those reprieves are, 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 you know, quite a long time. And then, you know, here comes another wave crashing in. And it comes at all kinds of different levels and so forth. But opposition will be experienced. Look at this is happening today. It's abounding in our nation towards Christendom. There is more and more opposition. And I won't talk about a whole lot of tonight, but or today, but even what's trying to be passed right now in in the country with the codifying of of marriage, really trying to establish same-sex marriage as as you know, in a place where if it's even spoken against, you're considered a bigot or a racist. These things have huge, uh, will have huge ramifications upon Christian schools and on adoption agencies. And supposedly there's provisions in there to protect churches and so forth, but you get in the nitty gritty. These are things being established to oppose the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about. Make no mistake about it. That's the heart behind it. That is the spirit behind it and so forth. We're going to experience oppositions. We're going to face reproaches. 
We're going to face slanderings and so forth. Jesus said in Matthew 10, 24, a disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for a disciple to be like his teacher and a servant like his master if they have called the master of the house Beelzebub. So Jesus said, if they call me Beelzebub, if they called me Satan or Satanic, how much more will they call those of his household? And we're seeing that more and more where those that live for the Lord are labeled as evil, as wicked, and so forth. 2 Timothy 3.12, yes, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus. Is that you this morning? Can you say amen to that? Well, notice, we'll suffer persecution. Can you say amen to that? (laughs) And then just skipping just ahead, and we'll come to this. Listen to what David says here. In Psalm 109, 2 and 3, as we're setting this up, for the the mouth of the wicked and the mouth of the deceitful have opened against me. They have spoken against me with a lying tongue and they have surrounded me with words of hatred and fought against me without cause. These things are going to come. And listen, when they do, it is so important that we don't shrink back, that we don't get bitter, that we don't allow these things to cause us to fall out of fellowship and service of the Lord and the worship of God and walking with the Lord like Enoch walked and then the Lord took him and he went up to glory. Listen, that's a tragic response and yet it's the response oftentimes that folks have, especially in this time that we're living and where people are so conditioned to be so thin-skinned and hard-hearted. Listen, we're called to be a thick-skinned people and a soft-hearted people. Listen, there's a better way to respond to these things than shrinking back or getting bitter or allowing them to isolate us or fall away from the fellowship of the brethren and the Lord and so forth. When you face oppositions of righteousness, and we'll see this again taught throughout this psalm, We need to set our face under the giver of righteousness, the Lord Jesus Christ. See, not only will the Lord see you through, he'll show himself strong in your behalf. Fruit will be birthed in your life. And listen, God will work it for good and he'll contend for you. He'll go before you. He doesn't abandon us in the midst of trials. We see it throughout the word. He sees us through. And even all the more glorious fellowship is found in it when we just really set our eyes upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I throw that out. That's what's going on in the psalm. And knowing that at the beginning helps us because we see David already responding in a godly manner in the midst of this great opposition. Again, notice what it says first. Do not keep silent, O God of my praise. Again, he's being attacked and We'll see in the psalm, it's not even being attacked by what we would call the world, but by his own peeps, or as my wife says, my peeps, or or not his own people. She says, my peeps, his own people, those in his camp, his tribe, some would say, the even quote unquote people of God, they're coming against him. They absolutely are slandering. They're plotting against him and so forth. And what does he do? The first thing that he does is he cries out, do not keep silent, O God. Lord, speak to the matter. No doubt saying, first of all, speak to my heart. 
that I would hear from you and then speak to the matter as well. You come in, you intervene, you do the work that only you can do. God can do so much more than we can do, can he? I mean, when we respond to these things in a godless way, all we do is add fuel to the fire. It just makes ugly get uglier. But when the Lord moves, when God moves, glory is brought forth even in these types of oppositions and trials and so forth. He says, God, don't be silent, but speak. And absolutely, listen, when you get into the place where you're getting slandered or gossiped or there's people plotting against you, and that can happen in so many ways, or just the state where we are today in the church where we see this just really tsunami of opposition coming against righteousness and the ordinances of God even given all the way back in Genesis it's so important that we say we need to hear from the Lord and you know beautifully we have the word of God on our hands and yes God can give us specifics but it always comes after getting his general word and the specifics will always line up with his word I can't encourage you enough in the midst of trials and tribulations and these types of things that we're talking here should be our, 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 our daily, you know, what pattern anyway, but all the more say, Lord, speak to your servant and open up the word of God. I'll tell you, just the opening of the word and say, God, speak to me, just that washing, the encouragement and so forth that God brings absolutely he equips us for everything through the word of god and then praise god god's word speaks to all things it really does it speaks to all situations i can't encourage you enough if you're a list taker downer even right now what do i do when they're coming against me put number one i open up the word of god to guide me through the valley of the shadow of death Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Don't avoid it. Dive into it. Get into it. Oftentimes, again, the enemy's tactic in this isn't even so much the slander and the hurt feelings, but to try to drive us out of the light, to try to drive us from the word of God. And the Lord will allow these sayings with hopes that it would drive us closer to the light and into the word of God. Think about Psalm 107, 10 and 11. We just read this. It says, those who sat in darkness and the shadow of death bound in affliction and irons. Why? Because they rebelled against the words of God and despised the counsel of the most high. And listen, I just see it so often where there's people that will even say they're a believer and sadly, oftentimes it's like, well, I used to believe. And then a trial came. Feelings were hurt. They went through a season of difficulty. They felt betrayed by somebody. And instead of running to the light and opening the word of God and reading, wait a minute, they crucified my Lord. I, I think that's worse than stabbing in the back. The Lord told me to take up my cross and follow him. God said these things would happen and he would see me through and use them for good. Instead of being driven to the light, the bitterness and the hurt feelings and so forth, the, the, the pain of that, and it's a painful thing, it moves them instead into the darkness. 
It moves them away from the Lord, away from the counsel of God. Do not despise the counsel of God in these things. Get in the word of truth. So he gets in the word and then notice what else he does here. He gives praise to God. Do not keep silent, O God, of my praise. Or in other words, they're talking. Their lips are moving. They're gabbing about me. What am I going to do? I'm going to praise the Lord. I'm not going to return evil for evil. I'm going to set my heart on praising him. Oh, Lord, grant us the grace and mercy to do so. Listen, maybe right now this is speaking directly to something you're going through. What a temptation to return evil for evil. Because even all the more you feel justified in it, right? When you're being slandered, when you're being lied about, you think, well, look, it's a just thing for me to return evil for evil. Look, I can do some slandering too. I can do some gossiping too. Look, you can lie. I can lie twice as much. I can play that game. We're not called to do that. We're called to absolutely give praise to God. To turn our attention to the Lord. Notice 1 Peter 3, 8. Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion on one another. Love as brothers. Be tenderhearted. Be courteous. And hear this. Not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary. Blessing. Like, can I just be quiet, Lord? He says, no. Bless them. So it's not even a neutral ground not returning evil for evil, not just saying nothing, but blessing them. And listen, it's not necessarily even a blessing to others, but we'll see here in a second, praying that God would bless them. Because the greatest blessing they could get, you know what it is? Not a brand new car, but that they would repent. That they would turn to the Lord. He says, knowing you weren't called to this, and then notice, that you may inherit blessing. See, too many times we listen to the enemy. You know what? Go after him. Return evil for evil. And our flesh responds to that just as their flesh is, you know what, moving them. There are endorphins released when people gossip, when they slander. It it gives, it's like a drug to some people. The flesh loves it, but it never brings the blessings of God. Giving glory to God brings blessing. Walking in the light brings blessing. And that's where we have to move by faith and trust in the Lord over how our flesh would respond. We need to know as well in these things. Listen, oftentimes the trap of the enemy in this, and we're not ignorant to his devices, isn't just, it's, it's not necessary the slander you know no doubt again as we'll see they have a lying tongue the devil's the father of all lies but that's the minor attack the major one is the enemy trying to move you to respond in a fleshly way it's the bait of the devil i've learned over the years because i've taken the bait more than once foolishly and i try to be aware and i'll try to i'll tell myself don't take the bait don't take the bait. The devil's fishing right now. He wants you to take the bait. 
Because once you take the bait and you engage flesh to flesh, evil to evil, it moves you from walking in fellowship with the Lord. And I'll tell you, it just makes an ugly situation 10 times more ugly. He's trying to pull us away from what God has called us to. We haven't been called to respond to that. I love Nehemiah there when he's being slandered by Samballot and so forth. And then Samballot is trying to move him down to the plain of oh no is what it's called so that they could have conversation. And he says, oh no, I'm not going to go there. I'm going to stay up here because God's doing a good work. I want my eyes on the Lord and I want to be using my life, my words, my energy, my action for the glory of God. Listen, we only get so many words. We only get so many days. The Lord does not want us squandering them on nonsense, especially when he said he'll go before us. Notice Jeremiah 17, 14. And Jeremiah, you talk about a guy who is slandered. You talk about a guy who they came against. He says, heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. You hear that this morning? A lot of people, well, I'm wounded, I'm hurt. Heal me, O Lord, and I'll be healed. He is the great physician. Save me and I shall be saved. For you are my praise. Indeed, they say of me, where is the word of the Lord? Let it come now. Notice, bring the word, Lord. You go before me. You be glorified. You be honored. You be praised. Listen, little side note as well. When you're being slandered, when you're being gossiped about, when you're being lied about, where maybe a small discrepancy is being taken out of context to try to paint a picture that you're some sort of monster, I'll tell you, when you say, I'm not going to return evil for evil, I'm going to give praise to God. little side note here, it actually drives those that are doing that crazy. Because they want you to engage. Because when you engage, then they feel, uh, you know, they they feel, you know, accredited. They, you know, and and when you say, I'm not going to respond, it it doesn't give it a credibility. When you respond, and I'm not saying there aren't times when you have to respond. Sometimes you're in a place where you're, you know what? You're led to, but you do that in a godly way. But when you say, I'm going to trust in the Lord, the Bible says, remove a tailbearer and strife will cease. And when I remove my responding, you know what, in the way I'm being attacked, it takes a lot of fuel away from the fire. Side note as well, if what's being said about you is actually true and not a lie, it's real simple, repent, (laughs) repent. Otherwise, praise the Lord, rest in the Lord, get in the word of the Lord. We'll see in a second, pray to the Lord and watch the Lord go before you. We read it already, but we'll read it again, two and three. For the mouth of the wicked and the mouth of the deceitful have opened against me. They have spoken against me with a lying tongue. They have also surrounded me with words of hatred and fought against me. And this is huge, without cause. Now again, All lies are from Satan. Jesus said that he is the father of all lies there in John 88 or John 8, 44. He's the father of all lies. And again, Satan loves weaponizing words and lies and slanders and so forth to try to deceive, tear down, discredit and so forth. We don't want to be ignorant of that. Listen, when those lies come, remember, this is a spiritual war. 
Yes, I might be being slandered, but there is a spirit behind this. So all the more, let's turn to the God of heaven and not grieve the Holy Spirit that God would go before us in this spiritual war. Does us so good to remember that. And then hear this as well this morning because we're looking at it from both angles. If you have a tendency to lie yourself and there's people that get in these patterns, there, there are some folks that... I deal with them and it seems in every conversation there's always at least one lie told. And I get perplexed by that. I'm thinking, are they deliberately lying or are they so used to lying they just lie and there's not even a conscience there anymore? Or is it something they're lying but it's not a lie if you believe it's true type of thing? You know what? What's going on here? We live in a world full of lies. And when we continually get influenced by the world versus saying, look at, I'm not going to present myself to this. I want to be influenced by God. It's easy to become a liar. And if you become a liar, you need to repent of that and bring it before the Lord because there's weighty judgment talked about even in this psalm. Notice Proverbs 6.16. These six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look. Notice coming in at number two, a lying tongue. That's abominable to God. Hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, swift, a feet that are swift to run to evil, a false witness who speaks to lies. It's said twice. And one who sows discord among the brethren. Listen, if you are one that you say, well, I don't, list, I don't lie, but I love listening to lies gossip you need to repent of that proverbs 18 8 the words of a tailbearer are like tasty trifles that go down into the innermost body there's some people boy they love a gossiping tongue the slanders go and they get right in on that and so forth and they think oh they're sinning right now but i'm ooh, but i'm listening and it's going it's like a, it's like a you know a, a fresh apple fritter or something you know just right out of the oven there you know you can my, my one daughter works at the donut shop. We get apple fritter, fritters at time. You need to smell it right there and you taste it. Oh, it tastes so good. But listen, you eat that big old apple fritter, it ain't gonna go feel good in your stomach afterwards. It goes down like a tasty trifle. Listen to what the word of God says about the listener of slander and lying and so forth. Proverbs 17, four, an evil doer gives heed to false lips. A liar listens eagerly to a spiteful tongue. Boy, a lot of this could be just nipped if we just said, I'm not gonna listen to that. Uh, No, go find another audience. I don't wanna listen to slander and the gossip, the, the, the lies and so forth. And David in this, as he says, they're surrounding me with their words of hatred and so forth. This is huge. He says, they fought against me without cause. David had not done anything to them to stir this up. In fact, we'll see in the next verse, David actually had loved them. David, we'll see, had had provided for them. David had ministered to them on really all levels, spiritually, mentally, and physically. Verse four, he says, in return for my love, they are my accusers, but I give myself to prayer. Again, David loved these people and in return, they betrayed him. That's gonna happen in life. 
The Lord said one of the marks of the last days is that men would betray one another. Betrayal is at an all-time high. And you cannot allow when someone betrays you to move you to betray the Lord. It's all the more you got to draw near to the Lord. Because I hear it all the time. You know what? I got stabbed in the back. Now I'm bitter against God and I'm bitter against the world. Well, listen, when Adam ate of that tree, stabs in the back came right after it. We know that Cain slew his brother. We got to deal in realities here. Look, at I'm not saying it doesn't hurt. I'm not saying the emotions of that should be something that, ah, just suck it up. Look at those things are genuine and legit. But bring them to the Lord Jesus Christ. Bring your tears to God. And don't let the enemy get that bigger victory of causing you just to go isolate yourself or to be bitter or to no longer walk forward in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the bigger plot and plan of the wicked one. Indeed it is. I even think of the scripture there in Ecclesiastes where it says, you know, when someone's talking about you, I'm paraphrasing it, slow your roll because you know you've done that as well. There's not a person in this room that has not at times lied about somebody, gossiped about somebody, slandered somebody, betrayed somebody in some formal way. Look at we've all done it. The Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. Would you get out of church? Oh, the pastor said I'm a backstabber. <laughs> we just are. There's an incredible account in Samuel 23 where David's actually out in the wilderness and, and, and there's a city named uh, Keliah. And the Philistines are coming against them. King Saul's doing nothing. David's not the king. He's the future king. And David says to the Lord, Lord, should I go deliver him? He says, yeah, go deliver them. I'll deliver them into your hand. And David goes and saves them. And then King Saul, who's trying to kill David, finds out that he's in this place. And word gets there. David knows that Saul knows. And David says to the Lord, will the men of Keliah uh, uh, Keliah deliver me into the hand of Saul and the Lord said they'll deliver you you talk about a betrayal they'll, you save them but they're going to snitch you out it's going to come it's going to happen and at times it's going to happen when we love somebody when we minister to them when we've been poured out for them they're going to turn around and they're going to betray you that's when it hurts the worst right but we see it throughout scripture. We see it with Jesus. Luke twenty-two, forty-eight. 48. We'll come back to this character in a second. Judas Iscariot, the Lord said, Judas, are you betraying the son of man with a kiss also? Judas, who the Lord ministered to, betrayed the Lord with a quote unquote holy kiss. Think about Paul in 2 Corinthians 12, 15. I will, I will very gladly be spent uh, spend to be spent for your souls hear this though the more abundantly i love you the less i am loved that's huge huh hear this this morning you need to listen to this if you serve god to be loved by people stop start serving god because you love god i'm gonna tell you save you a whole lot of despair it'll save you a whole lot of heartbreak 
Yes, it hurts. It's sad when it happens. But our service to God should be under the glory of God, not to get glory for men or love for men. Yes, loving one another is huge. It's a blessing. And there's a lot of love, again, in the body of Christ. But there's going to be times when you don't get that love. And not only do you not get that love, the one that you love turns around to trample you. And the enemy is trying to get you to drop out. This is par for the course. We see it throughout scripture. Really, it's a time where our faith is being tested. Don't run away. Don't shrink back. Absolutely, don't be like that seed that's sown on that ground where there's no root. The Lord addresses it. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arise for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. So David says, that's them. He says, but as for me, People are going to do what people do. But as for me, I will pray. I give myself to prayer. A man, a woman after God's own heart, it's seen in prayer. Look at another example, example, Second Samuel, or First Samuel 36. Look at for 10 years, all who were in debt and despaired and discontented came out to David. They came to that cave of Adullam or a cave of refuge. They were taken care of. They were ministered to. They were put into the service of the Lord. Really, they even flourished in that place of wilderness. David, listen, it happens to all of us. David made some bad decisions. David was in a, in a tough place. It's right before he became king of Judah. He was in a place where he's siding with the Philistines, and we don't really know if he was going to double-cross them or what was really in his mind but as he goes out to go with the philistines and his mighty men go with them they come back and remember the women and children have been taken captive and so forth and those men begin to speak of stoning him and they speak of killing him these people that david had given his whole life really you know and in serving the lord serve them but i love it because what did david do did David stand up and begin to defend himself? And hey, wait a minute, you were in debt and despair and discontented. And I made provision for you. I put my neck out of the line for you. No, it says that David strengthened himself in the Lord. David turned to prayer. And God absolutely strengthened him and gave him what he needed to continue to lead those men and to get things back on track to the glory of God. And again, in one of the next scenes, he becomes king of Judah. Listen, give yourself to biblical prayer. The effective prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Biblical prayer starts with praise and thanksgiving. Oh, Lord, thank you for this trial even. Secondly, it's God, search me and know me. Try and know my thoughts and my heart. If there's a wicked way in me, show me and remove it. Because sometimes they're like, oh, they're lying and slandering. No, actually, yeah, they're slandering, but they're telling the truth. <laughs> Thirdly, Lord, move in the situation. And then fourth, Jesus said, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who spitefully persecute you. Forgive them. Forgive them. But I don't feel like it. Well, listen, we bend knee to the word of God, not our feelings. Lord, I forgive them. Don't let bitterness come in and put you in a prison. Verse five, and I need to speed preach here. Thus they have rewarded me evil for good and hatred for my love. Listen, there, there's a phrase in the world that's called 
no good deed goes unpunished. You ever hear it? There's an element of truth to it oftentimes. But hear this, remember, all good deeds done to the Lord will be rewarded. And we gotta remember that. Even when we're in a place of having hate return for love, which at times will happen. How about even what Joseph said to his brothers who betrayed him? You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good, remembering that. And then also Proverbs seventeen thirteen: whoever rewards evil for good, evil will not depart from his house. And listen, you walk with the Lord long enough, you see it. Where people want to return evil for good. Give it time and you'll see again, you reap what you sow. An evil that's brought forth in their life because of their actions and their fruit and their slander campaign or whatever else it is. And all the more that should cause us instead of, oh yeah, well I got theirs, oh Lord, God forbid, let me have the fear of God that I don't take up that mantle and walk in it. Verse six, and this begins to move its application across the board, but it begins to move even into prophecy about Judas Iscariot. Has it set a wicked man over him and let an accuser stand at his right hand? And, and we wanna take heed to this. These are fruits that come out of walking in this way. I love what Spurgeon said. He said, <clears throat> excuse me, he didn't cough first, but he said, what worse punishment could a man have? The proud man cannot endure the proud, nor the oppressor brook the rule of another like himself. <laughs> Interesting in some translations it says, set the devil or let the devil stand at his right hand. Verse seven, when he is judged, let him be found guilty and let his prayer become sin. And again, God is the just judge. We're all guilty. Praise God, Jesus bore our sin and wants to wash us of sin Let's absolutely come to him to be our Lord, to save us. And then even bring these things that oftentimes we walk and wallow in and say, oh Lord, forgive me. Maybe even this morning you're being convicted because you're like, yeah, I've been doing this. Not the David side, but the other side. Bring it to the Lord. Let the Lord wash you. If you need to go ask for forgiveness, go and do that. Listen, get in that place of abounding in the blessing of the Lord. And let their prayers become sin. Look at prayers can become sinful. Proverbs 15, eight, the sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. And there's passages that talk about believers' prayers being hindered because of sin. And how much more when one that doesn't know the Lord, again, wants to try to bring praise or prayer to God, it's an abomination. I heard... Uh, Yesterday, it was uh, uh, Pelosi, and she was saying, uh, you know, she, she's like, well, I'm stepping down for me and the head of the, the House of Representatives. Uh, no, that's not actually what it is. But she says, we're taught in Scripture. There's a time and a season for everything. Oh, you're going to turn to the Scriptures now. You're going to read what the Scripture says about those that are, their feet are swift to shed innocent blood? You go to the Scripture where, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, the feminine, the two shall become one flesh. Will you go to the scriptures for that? That's an abominable, an abominable statement. We don't want to fall into that place ourselves. 
Let his days be few and another take his office. Now, if you go read Acts 1, 16 through 20, we see that this is prophecy here concerning Judas. Where Judas had hung himself after betraying the Lord. And the Lord stirs the apostles, stirs Peter with this scripture that this was prophetic about Judas, Judas who Jesus loved and yet he betrayed the Lord for a few coins. Let another take his office. They recognize that someone else will come into this position. Uh, you know, they, they chose uh, Matthias on their own. I have no doubt the apostle Paul was the one who the Lord chose to take that office. So I think it's pretty clear in scripture. But hear this as well about Judas and getting in this place. Look at, this didn't just happen that he betrayed the Lord for a few coins because you read earlier in the gospels, it was, it was his pattern to steal from the money box. Can you imagine, you know, you're embezzling from the ministry of Jesus Christ on earth. <laughs> this is why we got to nip this stuff in the bud. Listen, little foxes spoil the vines. I mean, like, well, I lie here and there, but it's not a big deal. It is a big deal. We want to bring this, we want to be abounding in holiness, not the other way around. Notice 9 through 13, a lot said about his children. And listen, there's fruits that, either fruits of the spirit or, 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 or works of the flesh can abound in our home and be passed to our kids. Hypocrisy in our home greatly affects our kids slander in our home greatly affects them maybe you're not even thinking they're listening they're listening they hear it and so forth and judas's action and these actions absolutely have a horrendous effect on kids let his children be fatherless and his wife a widow we know that was the case for judas indeed let his children continually be vagabonds and beg let them seek their bread also from their desolate places let the creditor seize all that he has. Let strangers plunder his labor. Let there be none to extend mercy to him, nor, nor be any uh, to favor his fatherless children. Let his posterity be cut off, and a generation following, let their name be blotted out. One commentator was like, oh man, David was bitter, and you know what? We can't be like David. David is prophesying in the Holy Spirit here. We're not being taught that we pray this way concerning those that would wrong us. We pray God would bless them. But listen, this is also a declaration of what happens when you continue in sin. It affects your kids. It affects your life. And if you don't repent, you better believe it will affect your eternity. Let's do all that we can do to lead our kids in the way of the Lord. And knowing these things are joined in and so forth, there's going to be an effect in the home. 14 through 16, let iniquity of his fathers be remembered before the Lord and let not the sin of his mother be blotted out. Bringing his mama into it. And let them be continually before the Lord that he may be cut off, uh, may cut off the memory of them from the earth because they did not remember to show mercy but persecuted the poor and needy man that he might even slay the broken in heart. And here's the thing, sin unchecked, sin not brought before the Lord will be before the Lord. But praise God, Jesus is the sin blotter outer. He absolutely is. Acts 3, 19, repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. And we know positionally that's when we call upon Christ. 
But maybe practically this morning, there's things that you need to get out of your life. Bring them before the Lord. And then notice how good God is. Not only does he blot it out when we bring it to him, it says, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and that he may send Jesus Christ who has preached to you before. When we humble our heart before God and say, Lord, just forgive me of this. Not only does God forgive us, but he says, now son, daughter, let me come and refresh you. It's not, it's not God good. He's so good. Thank you, Lord. And notice here again, if these things aren't dealt with before the Lord, then they're before the Lord. And if someone never, again, brings their sin and gets forgiven by God, they'll be cut off not just from the memory of the earth, but from absolutely glory in the presence of the Lord. And then one other note, we'll move forward here. He says, they didn't remember to show mercy, but persecuted the poor and needy man. And I know you can look at this and say, well, yeah, David in this place is poor and needy, but David really wasn't poor and needy. I think this also speaks to the fact that when folks move in this way and they have that heart that's quick to gossip and slander and lie and that hatred and returning, you know, it, uh, good for evil and so forth, it, it, it's something that spreads even to the poor and needy. Where you get to that place where you just trample whoever, you don't show mercy James 1, 27, pure and undefiled religion before God is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble. And notice this is huge, keep oneself unspotted from the world. We don't want to walk in that. We want to get spotted by the world and the way the world moves and so forth. It's going to spread to a trampling of everybody. I don't know about you, but I want more mercy from God. And I know that when we show mercy, it abounds back to us. Verse 17, as he loved cursing, so let it come to him. As he did not delight in blessings, let it be far from him. And it's true, we're gonna reap what we sow. You wanna run around cursing everybody? It's gonna come back. You wanna delight in blessing others? It's gonna come back. The Bible says, do not be deceived. Whatever a man sows, he's going to reap. I believe that's Colossians 6, 7. As he clothed himself with cursing as a garment. What, a, what an ugly garment to wear. So let it enter his body like water and like oil into his bones. These things can get down into your heart, down into your bones. Let it be like a garment which covers him for a belt with which he girds himself continually. Proverbs 14.30, a sound heart is life to the body but envy is rottenness to the bones. Look, at there's something better, being clothed with Christ. David talks about when he kept silent for his sins, his bones grew old through groaning all day long. But he says there in Psalm 32, 5, when I acknowledge my sin to you, my iniquity I'm not hidden, I said I'll confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. There's freedom found. The Lord says, there's an, art, there's an out right here. Humble your heart before me. Let me bring times of refreshing. Let me blot out your sin. Let me meet you where you're at. And we should all rejoice in this because our tongues get us in a lot of trouble. Verse 20, let, let this be the Lord's reward to my accusers and those who speak evil against my person. So again, he's talking about a fruit that comes from walking with that contentious heart of, of, you know what, 
of, of, of scorn and just bitterness and, and you know, almost like it's a self-righteousness. In his second, he'll see, the, he talks about they reproach me. It's that picture that, you know, they laugh at me and they joke about me and so forth while walking in evil. And there's really no jokes in any of that. 21, and again, we see one of these glorious words, but this is all going on, but, and we need to remember that when we get in these places, when we're in that spot of being persecuted like this, but you, O oh God, the Lord, deal with me for your namesake. This is all going on with the world, but Lord, you deal with me for your glory. Use this for my good and for your glory. He absolutely will do that. Listen, a lot of times you got to go through these trials to get certain things out of your life, to get us to mature, to, 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 to bring more wisdom into our lives and so forth, get us to clean up areas in our life and so forth. Deal with me for your namesake because your mercy is good. Deliver me. Again, he's appealing to the mercy of God. I'm poor and needy. My heart is wounded within me. So again, I am wounded. He's asking for healing. Psalm 147.3, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Jesus said in Luke 4.18, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Maybe this morning you're wounded. Maybe this morning you're brokenhearted. God wants to heal you. And hear this this morning. If you get wounded, and you will, as a Christian, hear this, that's on them. But if you do not go to the great physician, if you refuse to apply the medicine of the word, worship, prayer, forgiveness, and stay wounded, that is on you. I know people don't want to hear that these days, but that's the truth of the matter. The Lord is saying, come to me. I was wounded. You know what, I'm going to, I think people love almost being in that place at times. They wallow in, a, a, you know, a, 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 a refuge of self-pity. Life's too short. Why don't you want to stay in that cave for 10 years? I know this morning there's folks not in fellowship because they're wallowing in self-pity. Yes, that's on them that you were hurt, but it's on you that you are not bringing it to the Lord. Oh, Steve, don't say that. You're not being sensitive. The Lord wants to heal you. It's a word of liberation. What do you want to do? I think about the man, you know, that, that was by the pool, you know, and remember it had to get stirred up by an angel and the first one in gets healed and the Lord asked him, do you want to be healed? Because dude had been there like 30 years or whatever it was. Do you even want to be healed? There's some people like, that, that becomes their life. It's almost like, you know, since I'm bitter, then it gives me a right to go behave this way and so forth and isolate myself. Now you're in sin. Now that's on you. If you don't want to come to him, it is on you. Come to the Lord. Look at abundant life is so much better than wallowing in that cave. He says, I'm gone like a shadow when it lengthens I'm shaken off like a locust. So in other words, like, you know, a, a shadow, a lengthens that comes to an end. I'm shook off like a bug. My knees are weak through fasting and my flesh is feeble through the lack of fatness. Sometimes these situations just force you to fast because you lose your appetite, right? But oh, when you fast, you humble your heart before the Lord. You put the flesh in check. And when we're feeble, when we're weak, he is strong. 
I've also become a reproach to them. When they look at me, they shake their heads. So in other words, again, they just joked on David. They shook their their heads at him and so forth. Again, notice they, them. It's always a crowd. I I don't got time to read in Proverbs. It talks about not following those crowds. Verse 26, hear this. Look at where he turns. Help me, O Lord, my God. Oh, save me according to your mercy. Cry out to the Lord. Notice that they may know that this is your hand, that you, Lord, have done it. Look at our hands just make things messier. Lord, you go, let your hand move. And it's glorious when you, by God's grace, don't respond. And you get to see God's hands move. And it's glorious as well when it's evident. Well, the Lord's going before them. And you'd hope that would be a witness to the individuals or the groups that, again, are walking with lying tongues and just in that venom and so forth. 28, let them curse, or let them curse, notice, but you bless. When they arise, let them be ashamed, but let your servant rejoice. Let my accusers be clothed with shame. Let them cover themselves with their own disgrace as a mantle. See the difference? Look, a lot of times people glory and slander and all this kind of stuff. There's no glory in it, though. They clothe themselves with, with shame. And they might not see it at the time, and others might not see it at the time, but in due time, all things are seen. And when you can step back and go, they're cursing me, but Lord, I want to turn to you. I want to ask you to bless me. And Lord, I want to pray, God, that even in this, I would rejoice. I think of there in 2 Samuel 16, David is being driven out of Jerusalem. There's a great rebellion against him. The people he loved and provided for are turning against him including his own son, heading it up. And there's a descendant of of King Saul. And it says he's throwing up dirt in the air and he's throwing rocks at David and he's calling him every name in the book. And one of David's men says, should I go cut his head off right now? And David says, no, maybe the Lord told him to curse me and I would pray in him cursing me, God would bless me. You can read through the rest of the chapter. You can see what happened to that guy who never repented of his cursing. And David had some ups and downs, but he absolutely finished well. Again, it's a shameful thing. We don't want to be clothed with these things. It's disgraceful. 30 and 31. Oh, yes, we made it to the finish line. (laughs) Notice how he ends. It's the way that he starts. We should book in all our prayers like this. I will greatly praise the Lord with my mouth. That's what I want to use my mouth for, to praise the Lord. Yes, I will praise him among the multitude. In other words, I'm not shrinking back. You're trying to drive me away. I'm still here. I'm still standing. I will praise the Lord unashamedly in the multitude. I know who my God is, and I know who I am in my God. I'm telling you, this is huge stuff, guys. Get it in your heart. This is a huge tactic of the devil to derail believers, to derail ministers and so forth. For he shall stand at the right hand of the poor, or you could say the humble of heart, to save those, to save him from those who condemn him. Aren't you glad that he is a savior? Let's stand up and close in prayer, worship. Heavenly Father, we bless and praise you this day. We give you glory and honor.
Oh, Lord, we just thank you for your word. Lord, it's so true. It's so practical. Lord, I pray, Lord, that, that, that you grant us grace and mercy to apply these things when we're in the place David was in this psalm, maybe some in that place right now. That it'd be a pattern of our life already that we praise, we're in the word, we, we pray that it, it's all of a sudden doing something new, but it's continuing in what we already do. And oh Lord, we would be foolish to say, well, I'm never on the other side of this. Lord, our tongues, our mouths get us in a lot of trouble. We've all heard others with our mouths forgive us of that today. Can we say amen to that? And Lord, let our, let our reverence to you and you know, even seeing the, the consequences that come and walking in such a manner, bring a fear of God on us. And I just thank you that you are the sin blotter outer and you want to bring times of refreshing. We want those refreshings here. If you haven't called upon Christ, today's the day of salvation. We are sinners, but Jesus died for our sins. He paid the penalty of it. And he defeated the wages of our sin as death, which is death when he rose from the grave. The word declares, whoever calls on his name will be saved. Oh, call on him if you have not. Lord, we want to close in worshiping you. We pray you bless the food to our bodies out there and the hands that made it. And we pray these things in your name. Let's worship the Lord.
Listen, there's food that's been prayed for. Go partake. God bless you in the Lord Jesus.